Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to, I don't know, I, I was trying to think of some, uh, I don't know, a joke about Mick Jean. I don't know calling me Mick V or something. I don't know, but it, it didn't come together in my head in time. And we're all suffering the consequences. <laughs> so this is uh, our horror movie podcast. We talk about horror films, obviously. We watch a movie we together. We talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And this is the Octoberthon. We're doing a bunch of extra episodes, and this is obviously one of our many episodes this month, uh, celebrating the month of Halloween and all the horror goodies that people tend to enjoy during that time. So, this is actually kind of notable. This is a sequel, of course. Uh, we're doing The Babysitter Killer Queen, which is a sequel to The Babysitter. And this is kind of cool because we actually did The Babysitter, the first one, in the Octoberthon uh, in 2017. So, it's been exactly three years, basically, since we did that film. I think that might even have been the first one we did that year. Maybe it was the second one. I don't know. It was right at the start of the month. So... Yeah, uh, we're back with this. It was a surprising gem of a film. We weren't expecting much from it, and the fact that I ended up liking a McG film as much as I did with The Babysitter, <laughs> uh, it still shocks me to this day. But we're here. It was successful. Netflix paid for a sequel, and here we are. So we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll give you warning before we drop any spoilers, and we will dive in to The Babysitter Killer Queen. So, here we go. Uh, Tim! How did you yeah. feel about Babysitter Killer Queen? <laughs> You're not going to give any synopsis or anything? I mean, so much of it's spoilery, though. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, basically, I mean, basically, stuff happens again. I mean, from the trailer, you'll know that a lot of the characters who, were, who did die in the first one are back, and that there's uh, supernaturally reasons why, because of their pact with the devil, mm -hmm. and they have to kill Cole, our main character, by sunrise to make it per permanent and get everything they want and yes i'll just leave it there because uh, it's a couple of years later uh he's kind of awkward no one really believes what happened happened they all think he's kind of crazy because uh, they never found a body for the babysitter or presumably any of the others like because otherwise if there was other dead bodies lying around surely they'd put him in like a hospital and never let him go because there's like mm -hmm. dead bodies lying everywhere but uh supernatural reasons this is like such like a weird movie thing where i mean maybe this would happen in real life but i like to think if someone went through like a traumatic event they wouldn't get bullied for it <laughs> like it always mm -hmm. seems like that happens in movies where someone like will bully someone and like make fun of like i don't know like their dead mom or like <laughs> have or losing someone in a tragic accident may, but may it's, like... i quote here something from one of my favorite sequels of all time sure and he's an orphan and yeah. he's an orphan <laughs> i mean like i i guess like i wouldn't be i guess super surprised if that did happen in real life but it just seems like it wouldn't i don't know yeah i mean people weren't as bad from what i remember from high school although as i was pointing out before we started recording i said that it's freaking me out that half the main cast of this movie were born after 9 11 uh, yeah. <laughs> both both uh, Melanie, who's the girl from the first movie, sort of the love interest, who's his neighbor and best friend, and the new character Phoebe, both the actresses who play those roles were both born in two thousand two. Um, I, I didn't check Cole though. I was only I was checking uh, I was checking Phoebe because I she was bugging me because she was so familiar. Something about her was really recognizable. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, Cole doesn't have a birthday on IMDb. Oh well, 
Sucks to be him. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, Jerry Ortega, who plays Phoebe, the new character, um, it was bugging me, like, where I thought I knew her from. It was so weird. Is it, it turned out I didn't. She actually has a really... She's she's in some small roles and stuff that I have seen from a long time ago. But obviously she was much younger. She was in, like, Iron Man 3 as a small character, and she was in uh, something else. But what I was actually confusing her with was she, she reminds me so much of an actress who is in the new Lost in Space TV show. Uh, oh. And it's what's funny is that the actress in Lost in Space is actually a different race, but her face and her voice and the way she mm. smiles is so, like, if you had told me they were sisters, like, with different dads yeah. or something like that, I would have believed you because they're so similar. I Because I was at, to the point where you do that thing where you're watching something, like, I know her from somewhere, I know her from somewhere, and I didn't. She's just so similar to this other actress that it was... I was like, whoa, this is weird just how much she's reminded me of her. And even after I knew she wasn't in any way, like, related to her or anything, I was like, no, she still reminded me of her. I'm still seeing it and hearing it. Yeah. Uh, No, that's funny. I actually thought the same thing. Uh, And, yeah, I I did... um, I I think I did a very quick uh, IMDb as well to see, like, was she getting anything I knew? Uh, I I feel like that might might happen with, like, a a few other people in uh, in this movie, too. But, yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird that I was like... Um, oddly enough, actually, uh, a same thing with the, um, uh, the dad, like the, the hippie. Oh, Melanie's. Yeah, Melanie's dad. Yeah, I was like, uh, I was like, I feel like I know him from something too. And then like, I mean, he's had lots of bit parts on like different things, but nothing that like stood out. I was like, oh yeah, I definitely know him from that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's strange. I, I was feeling that a lot in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just one of those weird things. Um, but yeah, so I was asking you what you thought of it. <laughs> I was like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, we haven't even said what we played or not yet. Um, I I thought it was pretty bad. Um, <laughs> the, Oof. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I do remember liking the first one. I am curious if I go back and watch it now, how, it, how up uh, I'll still be on it, though. But I just feel like this movie is... I, I hate the look of it. It's very, it's like very clean and, and, um, and like in a, a very like, I don't know, uninteresting way. And everything is kind of like bright. And even oh, when it does, it's very bright. Do you know, so that's, that's on Netflix is in 4k with Dolby vision, Dolby vision being like super HDR basically. Right. Um, and that typically makes things brighter, uh, which is normal. But this movie was so blindingly bright that it was distracting <laughs> and washing out details. I actually had to sit, change the settings on my TV to make it oh, watchable. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to throw it in there since you mentioned the uh, yeah. the visual look of it. But and it's like even when they try to do like interesting stuff, um, like hey, we'll do like flashback scenes and like we'll put like a you know like this kind of like a, looks like a VHS tracking you know like filter over or something like it doesn't look good it just looks like a cheesy digital effect that they just threw on and uh like all the characters are super one note um that just like the jokes just really didn't work (laughs) that well for me um you know it it just i i just like a lot of stuff i kind of roll my eyes at like okay we get it like you're uh the cheerleader and you're like making jokes about being dumb and hot and like all right yeah like you're the um you know like black guy who's like talking about being the black guy in a horror movie it's like these are all just very like old and played out to me that 
<clears throat> I didn't really think it was funny. The story felt super forced and like ha uh, had a lot of like really dumb stuff that it felt like um, didn't need to be in there. Um, the one thing I will say that um, I, I, you know, as negative as I'm being, uh, the saving grace for me that I, I actually did really like and I will uh, commend them on this is they had a lot of really fun creative kills. I think the kills in this are I <laughs> I mean I, I, it sucks I can't even really give them enough credit for this because <clears throat> the the ideas of a lot of the kills are very good but a lot of them have really bad like digital effects on them. Uh, so sometimes it'll be like oh it looks like this is going to be like set up for a really fun kill but then it's ruined by like you know extremely bad like <laughs> digital blood or like i don't know, like a digital thing like falling on someone so uh, I, I will give them credit for having like fun creative kills but they are marred a little bit by the you know reliance on cgi um but yeah i wasn't a fan <laughs> unfortunately well those hot takes out the gate um i actually i'm not going to fight you too much on this to be honest the i think overall i wasn't as down on it mainly because once the kill started and i agree the cg is there it didn't bother me too much so i've definitely seen much worse cg uh when it comes to like well we're going to do cg blood instead of like an actual you know prosthetic or, or whatever um there's definitely one or two though you couldn't have done without cg there's one in particular i'm thinking of where it had to, it needed to be cg it wouldn't have worked without but i was actually a little relieved when i got to that portion of the movie because i actually i'm kind of with you in the sense that I thought the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of this were really bad. Like, I thought <laughs> the opening 20-minute section was a terrible comedy where most of it wasn't landing for me. I hated every single time it cut to uh, the hippie dad with uh, Cole's dad. Yeah. I hated all those scenes. Mm -hmm. I thought a lot of the comedy in this one felt a lot more forced than the original. Um, once the actual plot started, though, once it actually got to, okay, here's what the, the, the crisis is of the night and what the actual plot of the horror movie part of it is, and once that got going, I got a lot more into it because the violence started and the, the kills are fun. <coughs> the gore is fun. Uh, the, you know, there's some interesting things that it tries to sort of throw into the mix towards the ending. There's some sort of reveals and kind of, uh, I don't want to say twists, but like, you know, reveals within reveals and kind of like adding to the backstory of some of the stuff. Like there's some interesting ideas there that I, I, I'm not really sure how much I love or hate, to be honest. I'm kind of in a weird kind of, uh, I guess it works well enough kind of attitude with them. So I think I was enjoying it for the trashiness that it was once it got going, mm -hmm. but every time it cut back to certain comedy beats i didn't like it and then i hated the first like 15 20 minutes like the, the therapist in the school the awkward he can't you know oh, he can't yeah. really speak in classroom you know uh, his parents thinking he's crazy and like how can you send him off like there was just it felt like it was being a dumb comedy that wasn't that funny for mm -hmm. a good 20 minutes and then once it actually kicked into okay here's what the danger is and here's the actual menace of the movie and the, the the threat and the the survival elements so once it got to that uh it was a bit more fun for me uh but i can't really argue too much um there's it, it's, it, it's kind of a mess mm -hmm. it, it, it's a mess that i think is actually enjoyable enough often enough in the back mm -hmm. half that i'm not too down on it but it is a mess like i think the, the first movie is way better yeah it, it's not the um it, it's not the worst in the world like it is uh easy enough to watch like 
you know, I, I wouldn't say that <clears throat> I'm, you know, pulling my hair out in frustration while watching it. Like, you know, I, I was enjoying it enough to want to, you know, at least see it through to the end and see what happens uh, and everything. But yeah, and, and I think um, at least with the kills <clears throat> uh, going on there, um, that was enough to kind of keep me interested uh, throughout. Yeah, the kills are kind of over the top and wacky, and they were in the first movie as well. I think what's weird about this from a sequel perspective is that the first movie, I, I mean, it wasn't grounded by any means, it was cartoony and mm. over the top, but the first movie, you know, like, they're trying to, like, sacrifice someone to the devil or whatever for, you know, the gifts of immortality and successful lives and whatever. But it never actually did, from what I recall, anything supernatural or overtly supernatural in the movie itself. Mm -hmm. It was very much played as, this is like Home Alone, but way more violent, and the kid's actually killing the people that are coming after him. Whereas mm -hmm. this movie, they're straight up kind of back from the dead, there's rituals at one point, there's visual effects of like ma magical stuff happening. It, like It's a lot more actual, hey, all this supernatural shit is actually going on, and we're seeing evidence of it and all that. Um... Whereas the first movie, you could have almost... I mean, admittedly, it's been a few years now, so maybe I'm forgetting some key moment where it did show mm. that stuff was real, but for the most part, I remember it kind of being... Where, this may all be fake. They may all be a bunch of idiots, and none of it's mm -hmm. actually real, and they just think they're sacrificing him for whatever they, they think they're getting. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, like I say, I had mostly fun with it once it got going. I, I do think it helped. I... I thought uh, Phoebe, the new character, was likable. And once she became mm -hmm. kind of a main part of the movie and was playing off of Cole, that I think that's where it kind of found its groove and I was kind of into the main plot. Like I say, there was still stuff that it was cutting to occasionally that I didn't like, but for the most part, I was into it from then on as a trashy movie. But it definitely mm -hmm. isn't as good as the first one, not even close. Uh, yeah. So, see. But no, that, I still expect that I'll like the first one a lot. It's just that... Uh, we're in sequel itis mm. here, I guess. It's um, it it seems like a very unnecessary sequel. Like, yeah, and the it, the first one really stood uh well on its own. It didn't really seem necessary to have this. Yeah, there's there's an early retcon in this actually that I do think. It, I mean, it kind of works because the movie's so pulpy and whatever, but it does kind of like take away from the first film a little bit you know when you watch the first film now if you're remembering what happens in the second one you're going to there's a, there's a an element to it that's going to be a little ruined because of what they do with a certain character in the second one so we'll you know we'll talk about that in spoilers but yeah. uh that's the gist of it uh which is i guess we'll probably get into now so we can actually talk about everything uh in the in the movie but to say it's a bit disappointing uh outright bad in some elements mm -hmm. uh so yeah, overall not particularly great um but uh so yeah uh so i'll take this time to thank our patreon producers at the time of recording so thank you to tyler hess cindy palaceas david short board now al tribesman christopher moy brett williams and david brown they are all our 20 dollar or more uh, patrons on patreon.com slash tv which makes them producers you can of course support us for as little as one dollar per month and for that one dollar you get access to an exclusive extra episode of streams after midnight every single month you actually get four this month during the octoberthon and you get access to the back catalogue, of course, which is now over 20. Uh, by the end of this month, it'll definitely be over 25. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in any of that. At uh, the $5 tier, you get to vote on a movie once per month. You get early access to episodes by a day. 
uh, and then there's some other stuff at the higher tiers so go and have a look and see if you're interested uh but that is uh that is a patreon so so full spoilers then uh for babysitter killer queen from this point on uh like i say a lot of bad comedy at the start interests the new girl uh like for some reason melanie the love interest in the first one has got a new boyfriend mm. who's a complete dumb jock like why this is i mean mm. it makes a bit more sense later admittedly but at the time it was like why why <laughs> you know when it felt like it was setting those two up in the last movie why are we doing this now other than for forced drama of oh there's a boyfriend to get through before she, before they can have their did, big payoff and then did you think melanie looked a lot like the babysitter i think that was intentional yeah, because I, I kept getting confused. Like sometimes when they would do those like flashback th- scenes, I would be like, "Okay, wait, is that supposed to be the babysitter, or was that like Melanie or something?" Like I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I obviously because the, the the first big twist, of course, is that she she makes a point of inviting him out to the boat that she's going to with her friends, mm-hmm. and he's a bit of a loner. But his parents are going to try and ship him off to a psychiatric uh, academy or something like that, and mm-hmm. he goes with her. They're playing uh two minutes in heaven the, the truncated version of seven minutes in heaven <laughs> and the big twist here is that melanie kills someone else who's there by like just ripping out their throat with a, a hook mm-hmm. uh very brutal and the twist of this one is that now melanie who was the sort of the sympathetic love interest in the first one is the the evil babysitter type character who mm-hmm. she's the one who's now set things up with her friends and then the all the dead characters ex- excluding the babysitter herself uh, pop up here and Cole's you know freaking out and you know it, all, all, this is where the movie really gets started of course and the, no. the, this is what I was talking about when I said the choice to like change something that, from the first movie kind of impacts it because I remember like, the, the the relationship between Melanie and Cole the first one being kind of sweet and kind of being yeah. the heart of the movie that she was willing to root for him so mm-hmm. while this is a goofy enough franchise essentially to sort of do wacky things like this it is kind of a shame that if i watch the first one now that that element's going to be a little like uh yeah yeah <laughs> she's evil she she betrays him in the next one she's actually a complete murderous bitch oh well and and she's like quite evil too like like even in the first movie you never really felt like the babysitter was that evil and then again mm. and even in this movie i feel like you kind of find out <clears throat> that she's not really um Versus Melanie, though, who seems like, uh, yeah, no, she's just straight up evil. <laughs> like, I, I think the only reason she's doing this is because she wants, like, more online followers. <laughs> like, Yeah, that was the implication, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's the big thing is that they, they do a bit of a face turn for the actual babysitter uh, yeah. at the end of the movie. We don't see her, like, we see her in the sort of quick flashbacks when she's recruiting the others. Because before each of the, the sort of characters, the, the four characters who come back from the first one, right in the scene that each of them are going to die... It does this thing where it flashes back to where they were recruited by the babysitter, and that's you know this is all fine, it's whatever. Uh, but mm. the big thing is that they keep hinting at the backstory for for Phoebe, the new character, right? Uh, who is very kind of against Cole at first, and they, they end up together because she just happens to be on the boat looking for help because her her little uh, ski jet uh, ran out of gas and she ends up being on the run with cole and she tries to ditch him at one point but then this creepy guy tries to like assault her and cole's there to kind of you know help her out and then they kind of you know it's it's enough to make them bond so that they're they're kind of like together now in this and we'll we'll go through some of the the kill scenes with the characters and all that in a bit but to get Mm -hmm. to the the main plot stuff here 
is that they keep saying that her backstory, that her parents are dead, what happened to her parents, you know, the rumours in school is that she killed her parents, and technically she, she believes she did, and that she insisted that she go look for her bunny rabbit or whatever it is, and end in a, with a car crash. It's kind of like how Bruce Wayne blames himself for leaving the theatre, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because he was scared. And the big twist at the end of the movie is that... <coughs> B, the babysitter, was also her babysitter when she was little, right? Because she's obviously much younger. She's like six or whatever. And she was actually driving the car and it's the, the car they go into is the parents' car. And B, when she wakes up in the hospital and Phoebe's on life support as a six-year-old, the devil... Because B's like, oh, how's, how's the little girl that I was with? Is she okay? Is she okay? And the devil says, she can be. And she basically makes a pact with the devil there to save Phoebe's life. So mm-hmm. it sets up that she only ever made the pact with the devil in the first place was to save an innocent life. And mm-hmm. everything she was doing in the first movie was to make sure that the devil couldn't take Phoebe's soul, uh, you know, once she became a age or whatever. Uh, so it actually turns her into kind of this hero where, so when you look back at the, because in the first movie, it did set up this idea that she was kind of rooting for Cole to fight back, like, past a certain point. I remembered feeling that. Um, yeah. And she wasn't as vapid as the other four. She wasn't, she, she was as selfish as the other four. Um, and it now gives her this, like, weird motivation. And then turns out that she kind of planned all along for this to kind of ha- end with them winning. Um, where, you know, at the end of the movie, when Cole just says, you know what, screw it. I don't want you to hurt Phoebe. Take my blood. I'm done. Take it. Mm-hmm. And they take some of his blood. They drink it, but they all die instantly, basically, because he's no longer innocent. You know, he had sex with Phoebe. This is where it reveals. Oh, they had sex, so he's not innocent anymore, and therefore the blood's impure, and they all just sort of explode, basically. Because <laughs> uh, they all come back, because they've all died before already at this point. So they all come back at the end, at the ritual and, uh, things. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure if I missed something, but, like, was there... Did they explain how they came back in the first place? Like... At the you know the first time at the start of the movie, uh, just kind of loosely they just kind of say that you know they're back because of the pact with the devil. Okay, uh, like I mean I I know it's probably not the kind of movie that you should be worrying too much about that, but I I kept thinking like, all right, I, is there a reason that they're back or is it just like, hey we like these guys from the first movie let's you know get them back here. <clears throat> uh, pretty much I'm sure if they make a third one, which there is a technically a post credit scene that kind of hints that there will be. <laughs> Uh, the they'll you know they'll probably bring them back again somehow because they want to even even though the story feels super done at the end of this one because it added all this extra backstory stuff in and get, turned Samara weaving into a heroic tragic figure who sacrifices herself at the end by drinking the blood intentionally to kill herself. Uh, yeah, I th- I feel like I I wouldn't have minded it so much if they also tried to kind of bolster some of the new characters. Um, which like, I, you know, I feel like I, I do like Phoebe, um, as the, again, one of like the good guys, but mm. <clears throat> I feel like the other people, um, y- you know, like, um, what a Melanie's like dumb boyfriend and his friend and stuff. Like, I feel like you never really get any type of like, you know, FaceTime with them. Like, no, they, 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 and they don't even die properly. They just kind of explode magically because they try to leave and quit. Yeah. The night. Yeah. Uh, it's only the four characters from the first movie who have time and also get proper, like, you know, deaths that are fun. Like, those are the ones who all yeah. get to die in interesting ways, which we'll talk about in a minute, but... 
Um, it's certainly a bold move to like give uh, B this like face turn where she actually had a good reason for doing what she was doing the whole time. And I'm not sure how that's going to play up because I mean it's been three years since yeah. I watched the first one. I'm wondering if I watch the first one again, am I going to be sitting going bullshit? Yeah, <laughs> she's so <laughs> evil. We doing? But maybe not. Maybe maybe I'll add a spin on it. The problem is though is that if I accept that, then I also have to accept that Melanie is going to be evil in the second one, and yeah, that kind of ruins some other parts of it. So. It's, it's, it's this weird thing where they've tried so hard it's, to add to the continuity that it's really messy yeah. now. Yeah, the I think my problem with it is I don't uh I don't exactly mind some of the intentions because it's like you know Samara Weaving is a very you know likable actress and <clears throat> you know especially now um, you know, she's a bit more popular so I can understand maybe you want to have her around and hey maybe it'd be fun if you know she teams up now with um you know with them or whatever. Uh, but the, the problem with it though is like it feels so forced <laughs> you know what i mean like uh like that line uh I, I think at some point like you know when phoebe's like hey that's my babysitter i, I just kind of like rolled my eyes like oh boy um, <laughs> i don't know it's like it's it, it makes sense like story-wise i don't think it's necessarily like the worst beat it just i don't know it, it all feel very forced to me though yeah, also, like, how old Samara Weaving supposed to be in these movies? Because I always got the impression in the first one that she was only just, like, you know, early college age. So <laughs> if she was babysitting uh, Phoebe when she was six, and, you know, she's the same age as, as Cole, who's, like, 17 now, right? So yeah. 11 years ago, that would put her at, like, junior high age. Yeah. Give or take, right? Uh, let that me, makes sense. <laughs> let me check her actual age here. She was born in 1992, so she's, what? 28 right but obviously it's been a few years since they shot the first one so uh she was so assuming i mean and this isn't always the case but assuming she was meant to be her real age and the first one she was 25 meaning that she would have been 15 or 14 so even so even mm-hmm. using her real age she's still a little bit too young at the, in the timeline for you know being a babysitter who's driving around <laughs> the kids <clears throat> yeah you know um there's some like weird stuff like uh, the um, the uh, one character um, I, I I forget his name but I uh, I, I mean I hate, I hate to do this but the you know the the black character um, he like when they show his uh, backstory and like he wanted to be a recording artist mm-hmm. um, like they he's dressed like he's like in like the 80s or something like i i don't know like i i, I don't I th- know it, it seemed very weird to me i was like all right like how old is he are these people supposed to be um i think like, the idea it's not so much that it was old i think the idea is that he was supposed to be dressed like michael jackson because he had like a red leather jacket okay. on and so i think that's what they were yeah. going for is it was trying even though the, the music that he was doing you know i mean it was terrible because the whole point was that he was bad at it but yeah it wasn't even like it was trying to be like a michael jackson-esque you know style so yeah i uh, yeah it's like i mean maybe not even 80s like i mean maybe it's more 90s like the the haircut and, and stuff like seem very much like that and uh, i mean <clears throat> maybe i'm thinking about it too much but it, it is weird that it's like all right well when exactly is this happening why is she like how old are these people i don't know yeah and i wouldn't feel too bad about not remembering his name can you name any of the other like those four oh no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i mean it's it's shirtless guy cheerleader um yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, black guy and Asian girl. Like honestly, like that's yeah. how you remember them. There's, there's not really much and to that's, them. 
and and like that's like a lot of what their jokes are yeah like, it is yeah you know. um you know and like bella thorne's cheerleader character like mm. has some of the more foul sort of language and stuff like she's constantly swearing and making sex mm. jokes and whatever um i'll be honest she was kind of distracted in this because she's just been in the news the last couple of weeks because she caused yeah. a lot of controversy <laughs> with only fans um and not that i really care in a particular you know great way but uh, it was just immediately as soon as she stepped out of the scene i'm like oh yeah she just did that whole thing with only fans like it was just it was in my mind I, I, probably just because it's fresh but yeah uh, i had my my wife was explaining it to me because I, <laughs> I had no idea uh what, <laughs> what any of that is <laughs> come on tim <laughs> you're signed up to several only fans accounts don't you lie mm. uh maybe a few but <laughs> maybe a few yeah uh lauren cohen and katie holmes specifically yeah <laughs> all my all my boy actresses all my boy actresses, yeah, yes. <laughs> um yeah so no i it yeah i mean uh, the twist didn't annoy me that much but at the same time i think at that point i'd accepted it was just kind of a sequely sequel and that yeah, if it was uh, another movie I was taking more seriously, I, I think yeah. it would have been a bigger problem. But at that point, I'd yeah. already kind of like written, not written off per se, but like kind of accepted it was like a weaker sequel that was just decent fun in places, but not nothing like the first one. And I think yeah. because of that, it didn't make me mad or any of the reveals made me mad. So um, we have to t- actually, let's talk about so, so obviously the two characters, uh, Cole and Phoebe, must have had sex when they were in the basement because there's a cabin up yeah. here in the middle of nowhere where. Her parents owned it, and she has like the secret basement area. Um, there's a there there is a kind of weird scene here where he really needs to pee all of a sudden, so he doesn't want to go outside because it's dangerous because the killers are roaming around. So he goes in like a like a like a jug that's like by the or a vase by the the fireplace, mm-hmm. and she turns around because he's you know he's self conscious and he's he's peeing into the thing, mm-hmm. um, but she kind of like and this was weird because it, it wasn't like she actually anything actually happened but also she's getting scared she starts backing up as if she's getting you know she's getting closer to him by backing away from something and then there's nothing there but when she like pushed his hand on his on her on his on his shoulder uh he turns around and his pee hits her in the face right and it's this sort of like yeah. you know very sort of almost slapstick comedy moment and what was weird about this is one is that there was nothing really there to make her scared afterwards. It just kind of mm. glossed over it. Uh, two, they have their first kiss like a couple of minutes later downstairs, and all I could think was when he was kissing her, I was like, her face has pee on it. <laughs> like, she has pee her... all over her face. <laughs> yeah, and, and her reaction to it was like pretty understated. Like, I, I forget what she says, but like, she ba- basically though, like, she doesn't like freak out, which is like surprising. Like, if that happened to me, I'd be like, like what the hell like jesus you know um but instead she kind of just like makes like a little quip is like oh uh-huh. and like really that's all she doesn't but, like even, uh, she doesn't even really wipe her face she doesn't even like take out like yeah, a, exactly. you know, a napkin yeah. or something it just you know wipes it she, she just sort of like, accepts it like oh i've got a piss yeah. in my face oh well but, but i feel like uh like it's i i like that you bring up the setup about it because I, I think it's my problem with like a lot of stuff in the movie everything just feels so forced like it's like they knew they wanted a joke where he pees on her, uh, but they didn't really think about it too hard. So it is just like, yeah, I guess just kind of keep backing up until you back up to him and he'll turn around and pee on you. Like, 
you know, it's, actually, it's not very clever. Yeah, talk about the weird. This is back at the start of the movie where, like, I hated just about everything that was happening. Is on the way to the the, the pier or the beach where they were going to the boat. Uh, oh, the condom. <laughs> yeah, the co- yeah. Like, this was so weird. So he's he's in the store with Melanie and he's kind of being awkward and lonely and she's like, "No, come with us. You'll have fun." Like, and he feels mm-hmm. like all like kind of into her. And then he sort of stares a little bit at the condoms behind the counter. And then for some reason, the woman who works at this this gas station is a porn star. I think. <laughs> like, I'm not. Yeah. She she walks out and she's wearing just this like skinny little leather kind of like uh, top and leather like skirt. And that's all she's wearing. Like it, it's like, why are you dressed like a stripper? You're working yeah, at a gas station. It didn't make any sense. And she's like super hot. Like she's like they've they've got someone who's like. Why is this woman working here looking like this? This makes no sense. Yeah. No, it, it's... Yeah, it's very strange. It, it feels, like, very, like... um, Like, I don't know, uh, like... What do you call it? Like, like it's very, like, leering. <laughs> like, you're, you're meant to kind of just leer at her. But, like... Yeah. Again, there's no point to it. Like, there's nothing wrong, you know, with... um Having, like, you know, an attractive woman or anything. But, I don't know, just... I don't know. It feels like kind of gross because there's like no reason for it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's, it's just the way she's dressed, and then the, the whole scene yeah. is her saying, "Oh, you look at the condoms. Yeah, take these Magnum yeah, XL like... ones." Because mm-hmm. uh, he says, "Oh, you're with that girl." She's like, "Oh, she's got a boyfriend." It's like, "F that guy. Here's some condoms. Yeah. You go get her tiger." <laughs> like, what is this scene? And then, like, <laughs> and then, like she like charges them like a hundred bucks or something for her. like. Yeah, for the condoms, the Slurpee, and whatever else. Like. I I think what the joke's supposed to be there is that all all the group were getting stuff and they all walked out and left him to pick up the bill for everything. Oh, okay. I think that's what uh, the joke I, was supposed to be. Okay, I might have missed that because I thought she was just saying like a hundred bucks for the condoms. I was like, really? Like, wait, is she? She's like trying to sell them to these this guy. Doesn't even really want them, but that she's also like extremely overselling them. <laughs> but, uh, that makes sense though if everyone else bought stuff. Yeah, now the gold plated condoms, Tim. Okay, gold plated. <laughs> For no one's satisfaction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use use this gold-plated condom. But it hurts. (laughs) I don't care. It's classy as F. (laughs) Hey, what what do I look like? Gold member here? Uh, (laughs) But, uh, and I I guess it's important to note that they're uh, driving up here in uh, Melanie's dad's car. She's like this crazy, funky car. Yeah, it's got flames on it and stuff. Which the running joke is is that her dad cares about why his car's missing, not where his daughter is. That's the that's the uh, that's the one joke the whole time. Funny, <laughs> hey, he just wants to smoke weed and look at his car. He doesn't care about his daughter. Yeah, he repeatedly says things like "Is she okay?" And then when the other get you know when when Cole's dad says something, mm-hmm. like, oh, they're, they're fine. Melanie's okay. He's like, no, not her. The car. Like it's, that's the, the joke. Like yeah. five times we do this joke it's annoying because they keep doing it and it's so obvious like it, it would be fine if you could do it once uh as like a misdirect whatever but yeah by like whatever the third or fourth time you're like all right we get it you're a bad dad you care about your car like all right get over it yeah and you know the parents weren't really in the first one that much like they, you know they're at the start and they leave uh, and obviously come back at the end here we keep cutting to the dad. The mum's not in it super much, but like they're in it a little bit yeah. more because they're worried that he's went missing, that he, he skipped school, and you know, he's, he, they don't know where he is, and they go to the other dad to like, ask questions. Um, and there's some forced humour here where, you know, there's an anal sex joke, and there's, like, you know, it's just, 
everything about it is super awkward. Uh, you know, like because they, they like, like I say, most of the stuff in the first like twenty minutes I hated. The only time the humor worked for me slightly is a couple of times when it was specifically Colin Melanie, and the joke was about like her teasing him about flirting or the, whatever. Like that was the only time that it was remotely bearable. I would say uh, I I do like Cole. I think he is very likable. He oh sure. He he he's kind of bordering on like that annoying like uh like movie nerd who like knows everything about movies, which I I feel like they kind of played up a, a bit more in the first one, but um n- not as much here. But he he is still very likable. But yeah, everyone else is just like an annoying like person in like a sex comedy. Yeah, like uh you mentioned that like. I guess therapist slash nurse or whatever in the beginning of the movie, he was like so annoying. Like it was just like that very cliche. Like you gotta get laid, man. Like you gotta, and then yeah, they make a million jokes about the yeah. sex. And, yeah. Now it wasn't wasn't <laughs> particularly engaging. The uh, well, like I say, there was a couple of moments between Cole and because Cole. I think Cole gets a lot better once stuff starts happening because once he sort of like mm. stops like worrying or being concerned that everyone doesn't believe him and it's just like no it's now it's about survival uh he, he starts being quite good at it and um, and that's actually one of the jokes that i kind of appreciated from uh the villains um where the, the, at a certain point uh the black character whose name is john <laughs> could you have ever said john would you have ever known john no uh, sorry. yeah yeah top topless robbie ml was max apparently he was max <laughs> okay uh sonia was the asian girl uh allison for the cheerleader does sound kind of familiar that's the only one that i think i might have noticed um maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. there's a point where john's kind of like no i'm not going to attack this kid every single person who attacks this kid ends up dead mm. like you know this is this like almost miraculous thing like it's like he starts to fear him like he's john <laughs> rambo and i thought that was yeah. kind of funny because it was like yeah he's actually surprisingly good at defending himself against these assholes uh there uh there was like a few meta jokes uh that i kind of liked um like at one point like they're talking about like uh was it like they're talking about like Terminator Two or something? They say like, oh yeah, like one of the few sequels that's like, you know, better than the original or just as good as the original or something like that. Uh, I think it was, um, she was very specific because he he mentioned something about liquid metal and she, she's like, oh like, a, or he he says the the, the the alloy whatever the line is in Terminator Two and she's like, oh you mean liquid metal? And he's like, you've seen Terminator Two and they, they sort of bond and she's like. It's one of the four films in cinema history, one of the four sequels in cinema history that surpassed the original, which I actually disagree with. Terminator One, I mean, I love Terminator <laughs> Two, but Terminator yeah. One is better. Um, but like, I think like, oh, it's kind of funny, like making a sequel joke in a sequel movie, and then like, um, yeah, and then I think John has like, you know, some lines where he's talking about like, because uh, like in the first one, you know, the <clears throat> joke was that, like he like died first, like that horror movie cliche, and then uh, I liked in this one when he was kind of joking like, hey, like. No, I'm actually like uh one of the last ones living. Like uh, yeah, I think know, it, it, it actually said he has a lane like this is a post Jordan Peele world. Yeah, like, I'm yeah, not dying yeah. first. <laughs> uh, which is funny because the first one came out in October 2017, but I imagine they shot it before Get Out came out, mm. so it's actually kind of a weird. Like, yeah. was he watching Get Out in like hell? You know, in <laughs> his time off. Good point. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of funny to me, but like the. Uh, yeah, so the, the deaths themselves though, are actually really fun. Like once once yes, the, the chasing the... and the killing yeah. starts, it's like because what do we have? We have first uh, who is first? I, I think it's uh, uh, Sonya. Well, you... uh, yeah, oh, 
well, technically it's the girl who with the hook, but we mentioned that already. But right, out of yeah. the four characters, Sonya's first, uh, where... And then she, she kills the rapist guy, I believe, right? She kills the rapist guy with yeah. the, the flamethrower. Uh, and basically they, they kill her. Uh, Cole, the rapist car, he drives it into her, which doesn't really kill her, but he has a surfboard on the roof of the car, which mm-hmm. then slides forward and decapitates her uh, yeah. and leaves a blood stain on the rock. And it is funny, they, like, run over, like, a couple of times. <laughs> yes, they do. They run over a bunch of times. Uh, and it makes sense that they're kind of indestructible because they are technically dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it makes sense they can take a bit more of a beating. Uh, and then we have... Uh, the order may be a bit off here, but I think then we had the cheerleader uh, who basically she's chasing them and they end up, like, doing this thing to get away from her where they sort of, like, slide down, like, a crevice between two, like, mm. cliff sort of, like, faces. Um, yeah. it's really narrow it... and the two of them kind of slide down it quite successfully to the point where it's actually almost impressive and then the cheerleader tries to repeat it and follow it but she gets stuck and her head's kind of like like her head and boobs are kind of caught in a rock and she can't get down so then and this is actually quite an impressive feat of strength by the way for two people <laughs> but they basically just sort of grab her feet and pull her down and we get this yeah. like SCG obviously but it's kind of a glorious thing where they just essentially pull her body away from her head and we see her yeah. neck just kind of pulled away and uh, I appreciated especially the amount of blood squirting out of her neck, or, you know, the stump, yeah. as it was on yeah. the floor. Uh, admittedly, Mate, the rock that lands on it afterwards is a bit goofy for goofy sake. That, I, yeah, I mean, that was like a straight up, like, Looney Tunes, and I, I thought it, like, looked super bad. Yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit bolder. <laughs> what I did like, though, because immediately after this, shirtless dude shows up, uh, Robbie mm-hmm. Amell's character, Max. Uh, he shows up. I did appreciate as he was trying to fight back against Max he was using like the leg of uh the cheerleader he was like stabbing him with a stiletto and then like blocking the hits with the leg (laughs) yeah that i actually did think that was pretty funny (laughs) yeah yeah i mean there's good stuff in here maybe it's just a case of like you know they had so many good ideas for the first one and the second one Mm -hmm. like they had to force so much but some of those good ideas are still there there's still some good kills and stuff like that and then max's death is that we get a scene where they get away in a boat but max ends up like he's on like a like the little Mm -hmm. like the ring or whatever that's hooked up to the back of the boat so he's actually in pursuit he's getting closer to them uh he ends up getting like caught at the back of the boat and they turn on the the engine and the rudder like basically chops away his legs uh and uh does his face like goes up yeah face yeah, like like as well face yeah. too yeah so because I mean, uh at first they um they blow torch him with like silly string uh which uh didn't really like seem like, there's a lot of fire on him, but the next time you see his face, it actually doesn't look burnt at all, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah, I just, uh, I chalked that up to the cartoony slash they're already dead sure. supernatural elements. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but then, yeah, he does actually get, like, dragged under the propeller of the boat, and then, uh, yeah, like, it, yeah, I think chops up his legs at first, but then I think eventually does go up to his face. So, uh, again, like, another very fun uh, kill, and I like how all the kills are, like, very, like, different, too, like, the inventive. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned that Melanie's evil and she is in the way she talks to everyone, but she proves it in action because when uh, Cole's dad and her dad get there, uh, she actually kills her own father because he gets mad at her and says she's grounded and she just chops off his arms. <laughs> oh, wait, I have, a, I, have a, I have a quick question, though. Yes. Uh, so did she kill her two friends or did they basically die on their own because they were, like, leaving or whatever? Um, I don't know if that, like... I don't know if that was her that initiated that, or if it's just because okay. they've made a pact to do this tonight, but because they tried to leave it, like, the supernatural forces killed them. Uh, okay. But, 
yeah that happened uh, and then john dies he's the last one to die out of the four uh and his is actually quite funny because he ch- tries to like c- you know defend himself and kill cole but it's actually his own stupidity and clumsiness that gets him killed uh like a was it like a chandelier falls on him or uh i think uh was it a it, it was it like in... a deer head or something like i think it had antlers or was no, it like no, a chandelier it, made of antlers no no it was no, like it does get end up impaled with antlers but i don't think the antlers fall okay. on him first i think he ends up impaled with the antlers because you see his eye on the end of the antler yeah uh, <laughs> sticking cool. through his head so yeah it, it ends with antlers but i i feel like the thing that falls from the ceiling can't be that maybe it is maybe it just falls from higher up uh yeah but um but again really funny and he kind of does it to himself like it's kind of like a clumsy moment rather than cole does anything to actually kill him uh yeah but uh, luckily, his dad does see uh, B at the end kind of kill herself with the magic smoke and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So he believes him at the end. Uh, and from here on is out, it... Cole just lies to everyone and says, yeah, I made it all up. It was a delusion. I'm fine now. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I, I'm assuming like, did they just have like maybe like one or two days with Samara weaving or something? <laughs> like, it, it feels weird that like she just comes back like just right at this end. The well, end here. It... This is the thing, though, is it just because the idea required her not to be there because it was all about mm-hmm. building up to her, or mm-hmm. did she could she not commit to doing a full movie so they wrote, wrote yeah. it around the fact that she couldn't be there? I don't know. Not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it successfully feels like it's okay that she's not there. Like, I think I think the plot yeah. actually works in the sense that she isn't around, but mm-hmm. uh, that could be why they've written it that way um because she's a busy then, lady now she's in a lot of movies yeah and then also i mean again i feel like i probably shouldn't be asking like so many questions you're probably not supposed to think about that much but like um i, I don't know i i i feel like i have so many questions about like the ritual like can you does it have to be specifically cole's blood or can you use like any innocent person like why are they so obsessed with him you know <sighs> I think he's marked in this one. Like, they, it had to be him because they promised they'd get him because he's the one that From all the killed. First one. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was like specific to him in this one. I don't think it was specific in the first one though. I could be wrong. Yeah. I can't remember. I know, and it also kind of just feels very like I don't know. I, I feel like there aren't really like the stakes aren't really that big because they don't need to kill him. They just need a little bit of his blood. Yeah. Like. <laughs> No, that's true. Plus, plus, like all they have to do is wait till sunrise, and they'll all just vanish anyway. Uh, yeah. Except, except Melanie, obviously, because she's still alive. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know. I do I, like. Uh, I do like at the end when he like. <laughs> There's like such like a weird thing, but I like what he he basically like you know his dad sees everything at the end and then. Like he says something like, "Oh yeah, and check this out," and then like he just starts kissing Phoebe. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like such a weird thing to like do in front of your dad. Uh, I guess it's a callback to the start when his dad was cracking <laughs> masturbation jokes when he was on the, uh, sure. the laptop with Melanie. So it's kind of like now he feels yeah. comfortable being, you know, relationshipy in front of his dad. Um, yeah, I no, I, 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 I mean, I liked, I, I liked the parts of it, I guess. Mm. But it is kind of a mess. I kind of like it in spite of its faults. And mm. I definitely think the first 20 minutes is terrible. And a lot of the, yeah. the, the, the running jokes that it cuts back to with the other characters I don't like very much. But most mm. of the stuff with the actual like danger, the hunt, and the kills, I do enjoy. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I 
yeah, I, I definitely like the kills. Uh, I, I would even say I like them a lot. Um, it's just, man, uh, so many of them do feel like <clears throat> the they'd be so much better without like the CGI or digital effects. But I mean, the, at least they are still like very fun and inventive. Um, but yeah, just every, everything around it though is uh, I don't know, just kind of irks me. But again, like you're probably not supposed to think about it or worry about it too much you know like it, it's obviously not you know trying to be like high art or whatever yeah know. yeah i mean it's, it's definitely not but that was the first one but the first one was really good at what it was doing yeah I, I, like i don't know i i, I do kind of want to watch them like together now because I, I i don't know if like i would be more down on the first one or if it's just like i don't know feel like through some luck or magic or whatever the first one just works better i'm not sure hey that's what we didn't mention we didn't mention there's a scene because because phoebe's kidnapped at the end but she she gets kidnapped when melanie and phoebe have a mortal combat oh yeah, fight yeah. sequence <laughs> where it goes into like a really low frame rate as it kind of like goes through the the kicks and stuff and at one mm-hmm. point and i don't want to say mortal combat because the the animation style reminds me more of mortal combat but at one point uh phoebe does straight up throw a shuriken uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, are, which you know again interpretive and all that and the first movie did have a lot of like, the facts that came up because all the movie stuff and I I, mm. I I did like that when uh cole's dad shows up and they're up upstairs because I, I didn't really like the first terminator 2 reference i thought it was a bit odd uh, mm-hmm. and a bit forced however later on when cole's dad shows up and he's shouting from upstairs because they don't see him yet he's like hey you know it's me buddy it's your dad uh mm-hmm. i like that phoebe says hey the t800 and the t1000 could both mimic voices and i'm like mm-hmm okay that's a better reference like you know the idea yeah. that we, can we trust this is this some sort of trick because they've got like you know supernatural incantations or whatever they're doing <clears throat> that's true you know yeah. there was something it felt a bit more natural to the plot um mm. yeah but otherwise they did kill cool off in the references but i feel like they did a lot more of that zany stuff with the flashbacks with the effects mm. and then the the the, the, the fighting game kind of scene that they did with the, the two girls which was mm. okay like you know i, I kind of got the cuteness of it even if it wasn't yeah i i I don't know if this is mean but like i i I do like a lot of the ambition of it but i just i feel like maybe i would like this from uh maybe a better director you know oh sure because like i don't know it feels like i like i know you don't like uh this movie that much but it kind of like reminds me of like scott pilgrim which would have very like you know fantastical things happen but like Mm. um i don't know I, i just feel like that's handled with like a lot more like i don't know talent or something like where i don't know this feels like uh, i don't know, just like I, I get what they're going for but i don't know, it just seems like it doesn't work uh, as well to me yeah uh <laughs> i'll uh, this is not the the time for me to discuss my thoughts on scott pilgrim so uh which i don't hate for the record i just think it's overrated sure yeah. uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's a very frustrating sequel. It's one of, it's one of those sequels to me where they had to bend over backwards to like retcon things to make everything fit. Like, you know, it's kind of the same way that a saw sequel has to make everything kind of fit. Like it was a master plan the whole <laughs> yeah. time. Like this was always the plan was to do this in the second one, and I don't really believe any of it was. I believe all of this <laughs> stuff was thought up afterwards, yeah. and it loses the simplicity of the first film, which I think was a big part of the first film's appeal. Mm-hmm. which you know is a shame uh, but it does, does have the inventive kills so that's something at least but yeah. you know it's one of those sequels where it's clearly a big step down and it's a decent yeah. enough watch it's not a hard hard watch by any means 
but there's a clear delineation. There's the first one, which is the good movie, and then there's this one, which is at least a few points down the rating scale, and mm. is is there. So, uh, but yeah, I guess we're at the point where we're going to rate it. Unless you, unless there's anything I've forgotten <coughs> to talk about, I don't think there's anything huge. But no. All right, Tim, what are you going to give it out of ten? Oh wait, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about the was it the mid credit or after credit scene oh it's basically thing. it's basically just the 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 spell book the, the book of the dead if you will in fact yeah. it was very evil dead the way this book was kind of opening with the stuff mm-hmm. in the beach uh that's all it is it's just the, it's just it's, it's the book sort of is implying that there's going to be more evil things next time mm-hmm. uh so i mean i hope that if they do a third one they don't do a thing where phoebe turns evil again you know like like yeah. melanie did because <laughs> Like, again, they actually did a good job of giving him a good love interest, and I liked her character. So, you know, uh, let, let them be a pair. Let them be a working team in the next one. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I don't know if... Uh, again, maybe... Might be kind of too hard to, to get her back, but if they are able to bring back, like, Samara Weaving or something, like, that would be, like, a very nice, you know, uh, pair of, like, heroes to, to follow. Oh, sure. I mean... Uh, Samara Weave is not like a superstar that's I don't think she's that hard to get or that expensive yeah. you know I mean I know she's popping up in a lot more stuff now she's going to be in you know more horror movies she's obviously been in Ready or Not and she's been in mm-hmm. some other stuff but it's not I, like she's uh, you know she's not like I mean, Scar- uh, she's not Scarlett Johansson is what I'm saying right? <laughs> yeah and I, I would imagine that she probably had like some fun doing this or else yeah she probably wouldn't mm. have came back at all but yeah uh, I don't know so, what are you giving it then? Uh, I think I'll give it a four point five. Um, it's uh, yeah, I would put it like below the halfway point with like between me liking it and not liking it. I am a bit more on the side of not liking it. Um, but it it isn't the hardest watch in the world, and I did still have some fun with it. So it's not like a like only frustrating, angry you know things. Like there was enough fun there to be like okay like you know I, I guess i'm glad i watched it but um yeah there's a lot of stuff that annoyed me or that i didn't think was that great about it yeah um i i think i lean the other direction which is to say i'm probably more like <clears throat> probably a 5.5 for me mm-hmm. uh, I, I think there's stuff in here to enjoy but it does do a lot of really stupid sequely retconny things in it Mm-hmm. It does have some really bad, like, comedy stuff to the point where, like, the first 20 minutes I thought I was going to hate the whole movie. Like, I really thought yeah. that I was going to be, like, absolutely tearing it apart <laughs> uh, in this review. But then it turned, you know, then it got to the actual, you know, real plot. And then once that kicked in, it was like, okay, I'm actually having fun with most of this now. But there's things that I don't like. There's characters that I don't like. There's, you know. So, yeah. 5.5 for me. Uh, if you've made it this far in the review... You can put the words. Hmm. <laughs> put the words liquid metal into okay. the comments. Tell us that you got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, of course, uh, you know, do other things too. Uh, but before we do any of that, uh, Tim, you're going to do your, your pose. So here you go. Oh, Three, okay. two, one, pose. <laughs> there we go all right so yes get us on the twitters at screams midnight uh you can uh of course catch us on patreon as we mentioned earlier patreon.com slash mailfuzz tv uh although you can support us for free and uh, nice and easy if you want to show your support and keep all the content coming and show us what you like uh hit the like button on youtube 
subscribe ding the bell for notifications if you listen to the audio podcast rate the podcast on itunes give us five stars and a review all that stuff does help and helps us find more audience members and helps us grow and become bigger and better and badder and sexier Mm. yes so there you go um so yes uh i guess that's i guess that's pretty much it uh (laughs) i mentioned the twitter yeah Mm -hmm. yes okay sure all right uh so there you go that is that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and tim have you ever seen killer instinct not killer instinct oh my god (laughs) i thought i'll do a good joke i'll start a running bit and then i messed it up tim have you ever seen killer workout god damn it